All right. Welcome back, everyone, to the Blue Brothers Sportscast. I'm Caleb, and with me, as always, is the douchebag. Ira and the douche. (laughs) No, we're not. We're not going that route. But, Brandon, how's it going? I am okay. Um, I was actually expecting a different response. (laughs) I am going to kill you. Yeah, other than that, that was just implied. That should just be known. Um, Other than that, I mean, I guess I'm doing okay. It's Tuesday. Tuesdays yeah. suck. So. Yes, it does. I, and I was actually going to bring that up myself because usually we record on Monday nights. Detroit played on Monday night, which we will get to here shortly. So we're recording on Tuesday night, and it really sucks, in my opinion, recording on Tuesday night. Because yes. today sucked for many reasons on top of being a Tuesday. And so not too long ago, I was rather exhausted and kind of wanted to throw in the towel and go to bed. But <laughs> but then Brandon was like, dude, dude, dude. Come on, I'm ready. Come on. No, that's really, because I think you were ready at like nine o'clock and I'm like, uh, I just started a movie. <laughs> oh, did wait, you finished the movie, right? Yeah. OK. All right. I was going to say, I thought you did. So. Anyways, here we find ourselves um, after an interesting weekend of football, to say the least. Um, and But before we go into all that talk, we always have our quick introductory segments. So we'll start off with this one. I want to rock! <laughs> So, uh, rock moment of the week. So, I mean, this is coming for me, so I got to choose whatever I want. I always like a good underdog story. And I feel like it's a pretty good underdog story when an unranked team beats top 10 team. And I especially like it when the SEC looks foolish. So, I took plenty of joy seeing Georgia fall to unranked South Carolina this weekend. Uh, So I was pleased with that. Whenever it's a game outside of um, Michigan playing, usually I'm, I just go for the underdog every once in a while. There are some teams like if anybody's been here long enough, you know, I will often root for Iowa state uh, because that's where my dad win things like that. And they're just one of those teams that you never know if they're going to win or not because they're so inconsistent. So, <laughs> and everybody knows your love for Ohio State and Michigan State as well. Oh yes, and you're always you're always cheering for them. The love is strong, <laughs> so not quite. But that is my rock moment of the week uh, because anything to shake up the top of the rankings, um, outside of when it happens to Michigan, is good in my opinion. Uh, will another top team fall this? coming weekend who knows we shall see but uh that's the rock moment and then of course brandon gets to follow up with garbage day 
garbage play of the week. And I feel like this week may have been a little bit tough. Kind of. I mean, there's yeah, so much too there, Yeah, there was a lot of garbage. Um, man. Uh, I'm actually going to have to give it a tie. Okay. And I'm going to... They're going to have our first ever two-time garbage play winner. And it's the same as last week. Why is Quinn Nordine kicking field goals? <laughs> <laughs> I just want to emphasize that. Like, why is he kicking field goals? I don't get it. I honestly don't get it. You know as much as I do, so. Uh, and then the other one has to do with the NFL officiating last night. <laughs> what? <laughs> and we can get more into that. Um, we'll get my, my feelings on that. Uh, we could touch on yours as well, but I mean, whether or not you think it was the reason the Lions lost, you have to like admit that the officiating was terrible, and, <laughs> and they actually admitted that they got at least one of the terrible calls wrong. Oh, oh Which, well, that, make, um, that yeah. makes it all better. Yeah, de- oh, definitely, it makes me feel better. I'm sure it makes all the players feel better as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can go to sleep happy tonight knowing that the NFL feels that way. <laughs> They're showing some at least some fake remorse. Yeah. Right. Oh my word. Yeah, we'll uh we will definitely that will be talked about more when we get into things here. Um since we're talking or well actually you know what with jumping into it let's let's go ahead and transition into that that was the most natural progression smoothest transition in the history of this podcast well if there's anything we're really good at it's uh, smooth transitions. Oh yeah, smooth. they're never forced at all. <laughs> <sighs> nice. Um. So yeah, lions. We get to talk about that. I'll share our predictions and things that we uh, had from last week. The lions were plus six at the Packers. Um. So the final being twenty two twenty three. They did indeed um, cover with the spread. We, however, both had the Lions winning. Brandon, you had 24-21. I had 27-21, so you, you were pretty darn close there. Uh, we both had uh, the cover, so we kind of split on that. <clears throat> Your um, <clears throat> little NFL lock of the week, though, was a little rough. Yeah, that, that, that worked out good, didn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's either you get it right. <laughs> Or and you feel good about yourself, or you get to see the Cowboys lose. So that was, I'm okay with the Cowboys losing. Yeah, I, I'm fine with the Cowboys losing as well. Um, I mean, every single year they're overrated and overhyped. Um, and the and fans there's never really any reason to. So. Oh yeah, most definitely. You know, because they've really done a lot since 1994. <laughs> 
Yeah, and uh, your question then, Brandon, from last week was, do the do you think the Lions will sack Rodgers more than two times? Do you remember how many times he got sacked? Oh, why did you leave that up to me to figure out? Oh, no, I know what it is. <laughs> I just was wondering if you kept track. Um, I'm going to say two times. It was only the one time. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we hit the right button tonight. Okay, we're off to a good start. So that yeah, means... it's not that complete and utter disaster that last week was. <laughs> yeah, that was that was something else. That surprisingly enough, that was not a Tuesday. Here we are on a Tuesday, and things are going smoother. So I don't know what's wrong, but. Some something weird is happening, but uh, since we're talking about the Lions, I'll go ahead and let you start the uh, fun conversation we get to have. Oh yeah, um, I mean, if you were on Twitter at all today, if you were watching ESPN at all today, if you were listening to Sports Talk on any platform today, you heard a lot about how terrible the officiating was. Um. Yeah, I mean, towards the end of the game, we got two illegal hands-of-the-face penalties in very inopportune moments that were not even illegal hands-of-the-face calls. <laughs> Yay! We had two that were right in a guy's chest, uh, kind of up high on the shoulder pads, and not in the guy's face. Uh, they called both of those. Uh, the one actually gave Green Bay a first down and gave them better field position for the field goal to win the game. Um, man, there are so many bad calls in this game. Uh, there was one where Tracy Walker was going for an interception and he ran into Marquez Belda-Scantling. And they called it um, unnecessary roughness because he pretty much hit like helmet to helmet, but it wasn't purposeful because he was diving for the interception. There really wasn't anything he could have done except for let Scantling catch the ball. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't really know what they wanted him to do in that situation. And that was a terrible call. Uh, there's another kind of questionable one, too, where... Stafford threw the ball to carry on Johnson on third down. He looked like he caught it. It popped out. Um, it would have been for a first down. It, the ball rolled out of bounds. It would have been a fumble out of bounds. Lions ball. Uh, they said that was incomplete. I actually agreed with that one. And there was a lot of people that didn't. Um, Cause I yeah. felt like he had his hands on the ball. He was pulling it in to tuck it away. And like it hit his leg and popped out. I I mean, he took a couple steps, but I don't think he ever fully had control of that, that one. Yeah, I agree with that one, too. You know, and as for as bad as the officiating was, I there's so many people that want to blame the referees for this and saying that we were screwed over. You know, some of the calls were so bad and it happens so often with the Lions, especially against the Packers that it does seem a little fishy and you know, there might be something a little more going on with this I don't, I'm not into the whole conspiracy thing, thinking that 
they're trying to screw us over because what the heck does the NFL have to gain just screwing the Lions over? Arguably the worst franchise in the last 60 years. Like, what do they have to gain from that? And I, I can't blame the referees for this game because so our first, our first offensive play of the game, Stafford throws a flea flicker that goes like 60-some yards to Galladay. So we're already down towards the red zone. On the next play, Stafford gets the ball, falls down, drops the ball. He dives on it and just, you know, takes the sack, like a touch sack. Um, on the next play, he throws an incomplete pass. On the third play, he throws a pass to um, Amendola, which ends up being his only reception of the day, and it was short of the first down. So they had to settle for a field goal. And this is something that the Lions tend to do a lot. They'll get either a big offensive play or they'll get a big turnover, and they can't capitalize on it and have to settle for a field goal. So, I mean, at that point, it's 3 nothing, And the Lions, it, they, it really should have been... Seven to nothing. So you're leaving. You're taking four points off the board right there. And then the next drive, they have another big pass, and it goes to Marvin Hall this time. And it was like fifty some yards, um, and we were able to score a touchdown on that drive. So now we have it at ten to nothing, when you know it should be fourteen to nothing. If you if you know if you can capitalize on these big plays, like most gr- good to great teams can. Third drive, much the same as the first. Um, some struggling there. We settle for another field goal. So at this time, it's thirteen to nothing. Should be twenty-one to nothing. And you know, once you get ahead of a team twenty-one to nothing in the first half, mm-hmm. it's kind of a big deficit to come back from. Or even seventeen. And, like it could have been seventeen. Yeah, exactly. And. I can't remember if that's the drive that TJ Hawkinson dropped the touchdown pass on. I think it was. I think so. Um, he went up, caught the ball over the defender, turned, tried to tuck it away, and once he hit the ground, the ball popped out. Uh, I saw people arguing online saying that that was also a, a catch. It should have been a touchdown. But again, I disagree. Um, he'd never, he didn't really... I mean, if you watch it in slow motion, it looks like it was a catch. But if you watch it in real-time game speed, I I just I can't see it. Yeah, like He never fully had like good control of it. Um, I guess really the only issue with it is if you go back and watch the replay, uh, the defender had his hand like on Hawkinson's face mask the whole time. Oh, uh, you know, yeah. That, that should have been called. Um, can they call that from a replay? They can call that from a re- now. I I think so. I think that would be considered uh, pass interference. So yeah. if you know if Patricia would have saw that or Hawkinson would have been like waving at him to like you know call that or pull out the flag, he could have. Um, yeah, they have to. None of that. They happened, have to tell so. them to right. Like if they just look at it, they won't call it, but they have to like challenge it, right? I think. Yeah, if they could say, "Hey, that was pass interference. I want to challenge that." And then the referees could take a look at it. If they consider that pass interference, they call a penalty. Lions, you know, get another chance. Uh, if they don't think it's pass interference, then the Lions lose a timeout. It's just like challenging a um, a spot or a spot something. on the field or something like that, or a fumble or whatever. Um, um, 
yeah, that's something that was new added this year. You can challenge uh, lack of and called pass interference. Mm-hmm. Now, real quick, um, just to do a comparison, which one do you think was more of a catch or closer to a catch? Let's say that uh, the Hawkinson one or the uh, uh, what was the other one we already brought up? Uh, Carry on Johnson. Yeah, uh, I would say the Hawkinson one. I agree that that was my that was clo- that was closer to a catch. Um, I mean, he had more control over it, but you know, he didn't complete you know the process of the catch that they always talk about. Yeah, um, yeah. So at that point, you know, like I said, should have been twenty-one to nothing. Uh, Packers get the ball; they drive down the field. Lions hold them inside the red zone um, on third down, third and five, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. And then the Packers set up to kick a field goal and the whistle blows. Lions have 12 men on the field. Packers get the first down. A couple plays later, touchdown. So if it wasn't for that terrible boneheaded miscommunication, there's four points that were given to the Packers because of that. Yep. Um, that you can only blame on the Lions. That can't be blamed on the referees. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't have more than 11 guys on the field. Basic uh, math. Yeah. You and are a there, professional. It was just kind of downhill. Um, you know, Lions couldn't stop the run. Uh, they did fairly well against uh, Aaron Jones. They had a hard time um, with Williams. He was the one, he was averaging like 11 yards a carry or something like that. Because at one point they showed his stats and he had seven carries for 77 yards. (laughs) You know, the Lions, their strength, their defense was supposed to be the defensive line. But so far, I'm really not seeing it this year. Um, You know, they have a few games where they're okay against the run. And then they had like last night where it seemed like Williams could do whatever the heck he wanted to. Yeah. you know, the second half comes around. Lions just, they can't score. Settling for field goals. They kicked like five field goals last night. I mean, that's that's great if you have Matt Prater on your fantasy team. But if you <laughs> want your your actual, like, favorite football team to win, they got to score some touchdowns. Uh, you know, it's about that time that the Packers start making a comeback. They start, momentum completely swings. Uh, game's super tight. And then a bad call start coming in. And that's when it starts affecting the game. And like I said, I can't blame the referees for this. Yes, the calls were bad. Yes, something needs to be done about this. Um, you know, these guys need to either be fined. They need to be let go. Um, the NFL needs to like look into this because the calls were so bad. And that it seems to be a trend. Where, you know, the there's terrible calls in Lions Packers games. You know, we're talking about the phantom face mask call a few years ago where Rodgers pretty much pretended that he got his face mask pulled when it really it was his jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, that should have been the end of the game. They call the face mask penalty. Rodgers comes back out, throws a Hail Mary, and wins the game. Uh, and then they show that replay over and over and over every single time you see Aaron Rodgers. But they never mention how it happened. Yeah. You know, how much BS that was. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I can't 
blame the referees for this because, you know, if we would have just capitalized on big plays, scored some touchdowns, didn't get the 12 men on the field penalty, we didn't um, get the couple false starts that we had that kind of killed drives, and there was a pass down the field that Stafford had to, to Marvin Jones, and the pass interference was blatant. The referee didn't call it, and uh, Matt Patricia didn't even bother to challenge it. So that's the kind of time where it's like you got to pull your flag out, you got to challenge that, be like, hey, I think my guy was getting interfered with, couldn't catch the ball, uh, you need to call this. But you guys can go back on Twitter and everything and complain about it. Oh, this was pass interference, but you know, at the end of the day, our coach didn't challenge it, so that's on him. That's not on the referees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, there's another picture too that you you actually brought up to me of there the Packers had 13 guys on the field at one point. Yep, guys that didn't run a play after that. The referees didn't notice the guys on the field. The coach called a timeout before they noticed. Yeah, Happy Detroit could have done that too. Yep, they could have done that, but no one noticed it until it was too late, and then the referees noticed. Yeah. So, and they were already lined up in a formation. And apparently, once you're lined up in the formation, that's like a different kind of men on the field penalty. Um, I don't really understand that part, but you know, Matt Lafleur noticed that the Packers had too many guys on the field. Called the timeout. Take care of it. Um, see, so, you know, that one's kind of null and void to me. But yes. and you know, at the end of the day, the Lions should have never been in a situation where terrible calls can affect the outcome of the game that greatly. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, it sucks that, they, that we got kind of hosed on those calls, but you know, if we would have kept throwing the ball down the field and continuing with stuff, then yeah, I you know, think we, there wouldn't, are we wouldn't have been in that situation Two, uh, two of the biggest things I think contribute to that are the, two field goals that were kicked in the first half, mm-hmm. you know, capitalize, make one of those a touchdown or don't have 12 men on the field. And you're easily looking at a four or an eight point swing. Yeah. And that would have been it. It was a one point loss. Like that's it. I mean, I, I, and I totally agree with you. You know, the refs suck. They did some really stupid stuff. Um, some of them, though, I mean, there were ones, I mean, just like you were talking about, that we don't do agree with. But overall, they were bad. They made terrible mistakes. And basically, all most of them, if not all of them, in favor of Green Bay, shocking, whatever. Uh, I don't think, though, that it's ever really anything with, like, trying to screw over the lines. But I do think sometimes, and I think you'll probably agree with this, that they do favor, I don't know if I would even just say the Packers, but Aaron Rodgers. Uh-huh. Um, well, it's that so, way with superstar players all around. Yeah. It, and it happens with, with Brett Tom, Favre years ago. So Yeah, and it happens with Tom Brady, too. I'm not, I'm not mm-hmm. going to, like, gloss over it. it. It happens with him, too. Um, but, yeah, they're usually on the bad side of, uh, side of things. So, yeah, I... Uh, Another thing that we talked about too, not to 
steal away from you, but I'll want you to share your thoughts on this as well. Is just like how good have the lines really been? Because it's not like the Chiefs and the Packers are looking to be the superstar teams of the league. You know, I mean, yeah, they're they're good, they're solid competitors, but you know, were the Lions really doing that well? Or is it still kind of we don't know what we're dealing with here? Uh, it's a little of we don't know what we're dealing with. Um, I still think that the Chiefs are a good team. Um, I just think that Matt Patricia kind of gave a blueprint to all these other teams on how to defend the Chiefs offense. Okay. Because they haven't been the same since that they squeaked out that win against the Lions. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you notice, like, Patrick Mahomes just, he hasn't been the same since. And I think, uh, you know, teams are starting to play a little more man coverage. And, he, you know, he's not able to, like, find the, the spots in the zone and beat them like he was before. Um, you know, I think that has something to do with it. And then the Packers, I never really thought, like, the Packers were all that great. You know, I said it last week that I thought this was a game that we could win, you Mm -hmm. know, and we really should have won because we kind of dominated them in, like, the first half, you know, kind of fell apart in the third and fourth quarter. But, you know, we played them well enough that we should have won the game. And I just don't think the Packers are all that great. I mean, they don't have really anything on offense instead of aside from Aaron Rodgers. Because Devontae Adams was hurt. Yeah. You got Jimmy Graham, who's like a complete shell of what he used to be. Hey, he's on my fantasy. (laughs) Yeah, two like kind of average running backs. I mean, Jones and Williams are they're all right. I mean, Jones usually is better than Williams, but you know, they're nothing like too special. Carry on Johnson's both the best better than both those guys, so yeah, uh, I don't know. They just don't really impress me too much. No, me either. So they are in control of the division right now, and that actually dropped um, Detroit to the bottom, technically, because of the tie that they have. Yeah, because we had the tie, the worst team in the NFL last year. Yeah. And we blew that win, so... We kind of deserve to be last in the division for that. So, yeah, I just, like you said, I just, I really don't know what the Lions are. I can't figure them out. Gotta love it. Keeps it interesting every single week. Oh, yeah. Uh, any Anything else, I guess? I mean, like, uh, we're That's not. That's really all I've got. I mean, this has kind of been beaten to death. Yeah. Like, you know, if you've been on social media and seen it all, if you've watched ESPN or. Um, Fox Sports One or any of that kind of stuff. So, you know, yeah. again, I, I don't blame the refs. Uh, got a lot of heat on Twitter for that, but you know, it is what it is. That's just how I see it. Mm-hmm. I'm uh oh, what was I gonna say? A loser. Ah, that's that's funny. That's that's a good one. So hilarious. Last time I heard it, I fell off my dinosaur. Um, yeah, I think that's it. 
we'll we'll be talking about the Lions upcoming matchup. But yeah, we still don't know what we're gonna get each week. So it's like a box of chocolates. Love it. <laughs> uh, Never know what yeah, you're let's gonna... move on to Michigan and talk about that disaster. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I might rather have a box of chocolates than watch football. But uh yes, we will move on to Michigan. Michigan um this weekend really interestingly enough played on the road against Illinois which Michigan was favored by 20 and it didn't really go that way. It was very I don't know. It was the 42-25 final. That's a little deceiving because it was a hot mess. Um, I don't know. In the second and third quarter, I think it was. It was just so messed up. Uh, Let's jump through the predictions really quick that we had uh, so I don't forget to share those. Um, I had 45 to 10. Brandon, you had 31 to 7. We were both way off. We both had Michigan winning. Um, The over or uh, we both said they would cover failed that. Uh, the over-under was 48. I had the over, you had the under, all that good stuff. Uh, my lock of the week was Minnesota covering negative eight against Nebraska. That was easy for them. And my question was, will Michigan have a running back break 100 yards against Illinois? And I said yes, you said no. Sorry, Brandon, but you were incorrect. Yeah, so, it definitely wasn't my week. No, yeah, you kind of... <laughs> Kind of fell behind because right now you're sitting at 15 and I have 23. So, yeah, I hate you. And the loser has to buy pizza for a year for the winner. I never agreed to that. <laughs> uh, just kidding. Yeah, we got we got to figure out what we're gonna do with that sometime though. But anyways, uh, I'll ask you this though, real quick. Um, since we just got done talking about the lines and we're ju- jumping into Michigan. What team do you think you feel you understand better? The Lions or Michigan? Uh, I guess the Lions. Because I feel like they're a little more what I thought they were going to be coming into the season. Where with Michigan, I have absolutely no clue why the offense is so horrible. Yeah, and I can agree with that. I would probably say the Lions, too, because they at least have consistency. Like, they emphasize on the pass game. Their running game is getting a little bit bigger. They're still doing boneheaded mistakes, but, you know, I mean, that's the Lions, right? That's what they are this year. The question is not who they are, but just really how good they are. With Mm -hmm. Michigan, though... You don't know who they are or how good they are. You know what they're kind of capable of a little bit because they've shown you just how good they can be, but they're not consistent. Yeah. It, yeah, it is It is rough. It is ugly. And I just... what? What's your... Because uh, I, I know <laughs> you were pretty frustrated. What was your initial reaction uh i can't remember did you say you caught the whole game or 
Yeah, I, I mean, I caught probably 90% of it. Okay. Uh, a little bit towards the end, we were getting ready to go somewhere. So, you know, I had to step away for a little bit to get ready. Um, yeah, I mean, first half, you know, probably so definitely first quarter, we were looking pretty good. Um, completely dominating Illinois. And then second half, you know, they started coming back. And it's just like, I t- I even told you, like, in text that, you know, it frustrates me so much because this defense is fairly decent, but they get demoralized so quickly. Mm-hmm. Like, one thing will happen, you know, they'll, there'll be, like, a long drive where the other team scores, and the momentum starts, like, changing a little bit, and it's almost like they give up. Yeah, they can't do anything. They're way out of position. Everybody looks like they're mo- running in quicksand, and it just comes down to coaching and leadership. And I just don't feel like the defense has the leadership that it's had in the past. I, I don't I think I don't think Hudson is a good leader. Mm-hmm. And and I agree with the mentality thing that it also is coaching and leadership, but also. Um, this reminds me of, I believe it was 2016, um, you know, the great defense that Michigan had, but the defense had to win so many games. Uh-huh. Um, and Michigan, the Michigan offense just couldn't, uh, wasn't very good. Like the Michigan defense in 2016 was on the field so much. And so it's like, and usually, I mean, it was, they were close games for a decent while before Michigan could finally pull away. And that's what you're seeing again this year in most cases where the defense has to be on the field a lot. And you know, that gets frustrating and that gets difficult. So I can get that. And it's, that is wearing them down mentally from what you can see. I mean, this game uh, started out 28 to zero. Michigan mm-hmm. was 28 to zero. Then Illinois went on their 25 uh, unanswered points. And so it's just like, how does that happen? So it was 20, 28 to 25. Um, if I'm having it right, I'm going through. I feel like it was forever ago when that game was. Um, right. But yeah, so they scored that. And then um, then Michigan extends it to 42-25. So at the end of it, you're just like, okay, whatever. It's not too bad. Blah blah, but no, it in the the third quarter especially, but at, even at the end of the half, I mean, when Illinois uh, scored and was able to put seven up, it was just like a mess. And again, inconsistency, uh, allowing them to march down the field. I mean, this is Illinois. You know, they're two and four. They're zero and three in the conference. They're not, and they're without, and they're on their backup quarterback. Brandon Peters is, has been their starting quarterback, and he wasn't even in. So you can't uh, be saying that it's just, you know, I don't know. It's it's not normal. There is something off. And it, it's been said every single week. There's something off. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just, I I don't get it, dude. No, I really I, don't get it. Like, like I said, the defense just seems to give up. The offense, like. Kind of the same thing. I, the, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's just like the play calling. I don't understand. I don't understand how you can have three potential NFL wide receivers. I mean, Collins, he was out. 
Mm-hmm. But, you know, he had Peoples Jones and he had Blackstone in there, and Ronnie Bell has been playing really well lately. Yeah. You have those three guys to throw to four when you have Collins in there. And I just don't understand how you can't move the ball. No, I And the only like thing I keep coming back to, and, you know, it's usually kind of lazy to say this, it's quarterback play. It's quarterback play and play calling. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my notes I have this week for Michigan are the same that I've had the last couple weeks. I have a line on here that says, Shea isn't it. It's like, nah, I'm kind of over him. I've had that for like the last three weeks. Yeah. Well, Shea uh, is just, I don't think he's the guy. I don't know if McCaffrey's the guy. I don't know if Milton's the guy, but I want to see. I want to see what we have. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it. Okay. If Shea Patterson really is uh, the best thing that they've got, and they're saying that McCaffrey is not better and everything, and unless they make a substantial jump then, to next season, then the future does not look good for Michigan. It doesn't. No. Like why why would you why would you think that it looks bright if you're this is quote unquote the best quarterback play that they have to put on the field? Yeah, I mean it's another week of you know the next day or later in the day seeing videos of receivers completely wide open with no one around them. Mm-hmm. And Patterson doesn't see him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A, cu- a couple quick things to uh, mention about uh, you talked about Nico Collins being out. Lavert Hill was also out, and uh, Josh Ross was out. Um, a couple of key ones there mm-hmm. to mention. So, um, something mm-hmm. else to mention real quick. Uh, Michigan's ranked like 122nd of 130 total teams national nationally in fumbles lost. Um, that was uh, going into the Illinois game, and the um, Haskins 28 yard touchdown run. This is coming from uh, Drew uh, Hallett on Twitter. Mentioned him quite a bit. Um. He had a 28-yard touchdown run, and that's the longest run, just run, not touchdown run, for Michigan since a 48-yard run against Middle Tennessee State. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I know we that Michigan played Wisconsin, but, I mean, come on, you played Rutgers and Army in there, too. Don't forget yeah. that. Um, but then uh, something else to share is that uh, with how great and Quotes, Michigan's defense has been in this game. They allowed uh, an Illinois receiver to have his first career 100 yard receiving game. Ugh. And so that is lovely. And talking about turnovers and issues that I'm sure that we'll talk more about, uh, something that um, Angelique Shangelis, uh shared on Twitter is the breakdown of the 17 fumbles for Michigan. Uh, One fumble was from Dylan McCaffrey. One fumble was from John Runyon. Both of those were not lost, though. Uh, Punt returns have accounted for four fumbles. One of those four was lost. Running backs have accounted for five fumbles, and four of them were lost. And then Shea Patterson individually has had six fumbles, which four of those have been lost. 
So, but yeah, he just keeps getting trotted back out there. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't get it. I don't understand why. I mean, I, I know that football coaches are like the most stubborn people in the world, but it's got to get to the point where, you know, even Harbaugh sees it. You know, it's, it's yeah. got to get to that point. And I don't know when that is. You know, it, sh- it probably should have been against Wisconsin. Yeah. Well, I don't, I honestly don't, I honestly believe he sees it, but it's just one of those things. I mean, he, and I'm going to say this too. Don't, uh, we're going to get a second here to, uh, two voicemails. I can't forget that. Um, but I want to say this. I, I mean, for the most part, I don't watch the postgame pressers. Like I'll watch highlights or see what people tweet out and everything, but I am basically done completely with that because Harbaugh is just blowing smoke. I mean, I get the aspect of a head coach needs to support his team and should not throw players under the bus. Like there are certain mm-hmm. times to like maybe call them out or whatever, you know, like, oh, we we know that this player can play better. And, you know, that's what we're looking to see as we move forward or something like that, you yeah. know, or if it's not, it's an off day, whatever, you know, you, you, you don't bash a player, but you challenge them, you know. Uh, constructive criticism, but he, the things that he's been saying about the offense the past couple weeks has been total BS, like the offense catching its stride or whatever, you know? Uh, oh, and uh, the one where he says that Shea has been the best quarterback in every game that they played. Um, he, he said something along those lines that wasn't per quote, but something along those lines, it's just like, okay, dude, at what point do you want somebody just to call you out on your BS? Cause this, you're getting kind of far here. Like, like I said, mm-hmm. you can, you need to support your guys, not throw them under the bus, but come on. I mean, what's the point of holding press, uh, uh, pressers. If you're just going to be blowing smoke the whole entire time. Yeah, so exactly. I, I'm, I'm done. Like I, like I said, I haven't done a lot of attention with the pressers afterwards, uh, but now I'm just kind of like, there's no point. I mean, you're you're if you're out there, you see it and you watch it, you know, it's just like, it's just smoke and BS. So, uh, I imagine that we're going to hear some of that from our voicemails here. Uh, I forgot to do it at the beginning, so we'll do those here. Um, and like I said, we've got two here that we will play. Stephen Brown, what's going on, fellas? Um, first of two voicemails, I will say that. So, so first of all, I, I just want to um, – a win is a win. It's, they five and one. Probably going to be probably maybe 13 or 12 in the new polls. It's okay. Uh, they got to move up. Some teams in front of them lost. They will move up anyway. It is what it is. Uh, defense. Sometimes I think the defense plays better when their backs are literally against the wall. When when Illinois went on a twenty five nothing run, the defense was probably like, Man, this is embarrassing. So they made some plays. You know, big up to them. Ugly game ugly game, sloppy game in the second half. Third quarter was just atrocious. I'm not gonna put that all on Say I'm not gonna put it all on Josh Gaddis. I'm putting it on both of them. They're not exempt. Uh, they didn't play well. 
I know somebody tweeted me, um, Pastor Wilson. I think that's a, that's a, not. A, I, I mean, we blocked each other because he said something stupid. But he was like, because uh, I was like, you know, you got a five star receiver in DPJ and a four star in Tariq Black, but you want to get the ball to Ronnie Bell, and he was like, Ronnie Bell is the only one that can get separation. After that, I just couldn't talk to that man anymore. I don't, I don't, I don't know anybody with common sense that believes, you know, <laughs> a five-star receiver and a four-star receiver can't get separation. That, that's that's dumb. Uh, so, I mean, that, that's a block that was well worth it. But, you know, it, it was Illinois still. Illinois, I mean, they showed hard. It was homecoming. They showed fire and passion. Um, they played in the second half like Michigan played in the first half. They just didn't have the talent in the end. So I'm still worried. I'm not, I'm not, Penn State to me is okay, but I'm not really worried about that game. I just, I just think that, you know, when, there's some things I'm still worried about. Uh, but we'll see. I know Penn State did beat Iowa at night on the road. So all you Michigan fans who think that teams can't win on the road, it's not about when you play, what time. It's about knowing you're better than the other team and, and knowing you're going to win. So I hope I don't see these stupid tweets this week. Oh, no, woe is us. We got to go to Penn State at night. Penn State beat Iowa at night. So it can't be done. Y'all know that, right? They're human beings. They're, they're, I mean, they, they ain't out there drinking vibranium or taking vibranium in, in Pennsylvania. Teams can lose on the road at night. So, you know. Don't start with that stupid stuff this week, even though a lot of them are going to. Don't start with that stupid stuff. For those who know better, do better. And I'm going I'm going to call back, so get ready. And he did call back, so here's number two. Yeah, it's me again. Listen, um, now I want to talk about the defense. The defense didn't play all that well today. They had their moments, but they – and I, I, I didn't, I'm saying they didn't play well because they won the field too long. The offense, for some reason, continues to stall. I mean, Michigan will have success, and then they just go away from what's successful. Man, I don't understand it. Like, that third quarter told me a lot. I, You know, I'm trying to understand what is about this team because they have talent everywhere, and it seems like they can't put together a solid game, even against Illinois. Like, there's no way Illinois should have scored 25 points. Illinois didn't score 25 points in two years against Michigan, let alone one game. You know, there's something going on. There, there has to be. There's something going on, man. I'm telling you, it's not <laughs> my personal opinion. Is that a lot of the offensive weapons they don't like? They don't like the fact that it's, it's like pinned in the shades to start and not penciled in, like um. The, the, the tight end, Schoonaker or Schoonaker, whatever his name is, I'm looking at all these people getting touchdowns, and I'm like, where's Tariq and where's Donovan? You're telling me guys like Ronnie Bell and Luke, Schoonaker, whatever his name is, can get open, but Donovan Peoples-Jones and, and Tariq Black can't get open? That's what you're telling me? Like, from the top down, there's an issue. There's an issue somewhere. They're just not saying it, and I just feel bad. I just feel bad for the guys who are there who who are playing their butts off, who are really trying. Now, when Nico comes back, things open up a little bit, and I hope Gaddis is listening. There's no cornerback 
in the country who can cover Nico Collins. I've seen him in person. I used to work with his mom. Her name is Miss Janet Collins. Janet, the happiest lady I've ever met. I don't know why she's so happy. Nico, I'm six seven and a half. Nico about six five six six. There's no way you can't you you shouldn't get him the ball. I don't understand it. Like this is trivial stuff. So hopefully when he gets back, they'll do better. But I'm just hopeful that that Michigan has found its stride. Like they well they didn't today. I don't care what Jim Harbaugh said. Um, maybe they're hiding some plays. I don't think they are. But if they are, this is a good time to bring them out. Because like I said, Penn State is decent, but they can beat Penn State. I just really hope that Michigan gets on the ball, man. That's all we want to see. It's not about criticizing players, hating players, hating the fans. It's about wanting to see Michigan's potential because they're better than what they play. They really are. They're better than that. So hopefully we'll see that. I love the show. Y'all keep doing what y'all doing. Go Blue. Right, Steven. Thank you for that. Always appreciate it. That is our Sounds with Steven segment of the show. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, a lot of good stuff, though. You were gonna say something? Oh, I was just gonna say, and I was just gonna say that, uh, yeah, we always look forward to his calls. He always brings a lot of passion and enthusiasm. Yeah. Um, not to drag out the episode too long, um, but yeah, a lot of good stuff there. Um, totally agree. I mean, like we've been saying it for weeks. Like something is just off. Mm-hmm. Um, we already kind of talked about that a little bit, um, but something else to mention that he was saying, I agree. It is a, um, a tragedy that these receivers are not being utilized more. I mean, Mm -hmm. this offense needs to operate like the Michigan offense when they had Braylon Edwards throw it up there and let the guy make a play. Yep, Um, exactly. I mean, they have the talent. I'm not saying they are Braylon Edwards, but who knows? You're definitely not like giving them the opportunity to see if, uh, but I also want to say this, because this is something else that Brandon and I have been talking about. Write this down, quote it, whatever you want. If Michigan loses I don't think they'll lose all three. I do think they'll lose at least one. Um, but if Michigan loses Black, Collins, and Donovan Peoples-Jones after this season, that will be the single biggest waste of talent that I think I have ever seen watching Michigan football. Mm-hmm. I agree. And that is a complete tragedy that they have not even attempted to do more. I I just, it blows my mind that you cannot try to utilize them more. That is, uh, it it blows my mind. I mean, Steven's there with us. Brandon, I know you and I have chatted about it. It just, I I can't, I don't know. Just even talking about it just uh, makes my blood boil because it's just, I I don't get it. Like what, and what, And that comes down to play calling, uh, comes down to decision-making by the quarterback. But, I mean, in the end, you know, the person who makes things happen and, you know, tells people what to do, the head coach. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I I don't know. I I really don't know. 
Yeah, I'm a lot of answers. <laughs> yeah, so um, I think there were a couple of things, but I can keep those until the preview um, episode that we'll be coming up with because this is already uh, kind of long and everything. So, um, yeah, Stephen, thank you for the calls. Um, we'll be talking about Penn State more in the preview episode, so I definitely don't want to drag out with that information but i want to make sure i didn't miss anything um but i think i'm good are are you all set yep i'm good yeah we we've we've vented a little bit we didn't get uh overheated though that's for sure i mean i think we had a little bit of time to cool down if we recorded last night after the uh detroit game i'm sure it would have been a little bit more uh intense but <laughs> so yeah, well, I think uh, we'll end there, and we always appreciate you guys uh, tuning in. If you guys ever want to uh, call in like um, Steven does, feel free. Just call before Monday night, 9 p.m., uh, and you can call 551-258-3276? Yeah. You really did to write that down. It's five five one blue bro. Yeah, I know it's five five one blue bro, but it's just like now I'm kind of like, crap. What was the um, uh, the thing I, I had it right here? Where was it, man? You tweeted it out. Yeah, I did. I I need to double check it here. Bear with me. Oh, there it is. There's a stupid line. Yeah. Okay. I got messed up because there was I made a ton a bunch of phone calls today, and I remember there was one that ended seven six, so I was kind of second guessing. But I was correct. Five five one two five eight three two seven six. Boom. Five five one blue bro. No mistakes. Just second a lot of second guessing. Other than just you being you. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, yeah, so feel free, call, leave voicemails, share your thoughts, and yeah, we will have our preview episode here later this week. We appreciate it. Uh, Hope you all have a good week, and until next time, go blue. Go blue.